0: Yeah, man, I am so excited to be here this morning back in Rock Hill. Uh, You know, Heather and I, my wife, we are actually born in the South. We're born in Louisiana and Texas, and it's always a joy, right, to come back to the South from the Northeast where we're serving. And I'm so thankful for Pastor Steve and your team here allowing me to be here uh, this morning. Uh, This is actually the first time that my wife has been here. I actually have been to the mission conferences and met some of you before and had the privilege of being here before, but this is uh, Heather's first time here, and so I'm really excited that she's here this morning, but uh, we could not bring our kids, and so I thought the better thing would be to show a picture of our kids so you could see them Uh, Because they are very full of energy. And anytime you want to keep them, you can let me know. And I'll somehow make an arrangement. This is my daughter, Abby. She's 10, going on like 14 or something. I don't know. And then this is my son, Micah, who is 8. And uh, the reason I'm showing them to you, and Heather's actually in a Sunday school class, is that I want you to know that as we church plan in Rochester, they are every bit as part of our team as we work to see God's work done in that city and throughout the Northeast. And I know a lot of times pastors can come and they talk about uh, you know, all kinds of things that are happening. But I wanted you to know that my family is really central to what God is doing. Uh, he's working through my kids. He's working through my wife. And, and they do awesome things. I want to give you a quick update about Discovery Church. But we're going to be preaching and talking today from the book of Colossians. And so you can go ahead and turn to Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 through 6, and just keep your finger there, uh, and we'll get back to that in a minute. Uh, Discovery Church is a little over two years old now, and uh, we have seen just this year some pretty incredible things. One of the things that has been most powerful to me is just in the first six months here, seven months, we've seen 12 people come to faith in Christ. That's just awesome. Awesome to see people, and sometimes it's very slow how people take steps of faith, but 12 people is pretty amazing. And then over the course of our history, uh, because you guys have had such a big part uh, in us being successful and us, you know, praying for us and being friends with us as a church, you guys are awesome to us. Uh, We've seen 14 people get baptized and we continue to see people take steps of faith every day. One of the things that's so powerful this year is that at the beginning of this year, we started praying very quickly and asking God to grant us greater favor in our community. That's a great prayer to pray. Just help us to to be good to our city in Jesus' name. Help us to to help our city and to, to love our community and to find ways, new ways, that we can begin to have friendship with them. Because people are skeptical, quite honestly, in the Northeast, they're very skeptical of a new church, they're very skeptical of us, and so we've prayed this prayer. One of the great things that's happened is we've started a very long-term partnership with a ministry called Cameron Community Ministry. And what they do is they serve food, they serve food to people right off the street. And uh, we have started going there and serving food as a church, helping with their after school program, helping with their tutoring program. And this partnership came because of the prayer that we, we really spent time praying and asking God to give us an opportunity like this. And look how he opens the door. Isn't that incredible? He opens the door for God to do things where you didn't think was possible before. That's pretty amazing. Another thing that happened, this just happened, I'd love to share this with you, is that we have... Uh, a a number of smaller towns on the west side of Rochester. Uh, There's suburb communities, and I'm sure you understand what that means, but we we are in the town of Gates, and there's a town of of Chilai. Now, get this. It's spelled Chile, but they say Chilai. How does that work? I don't know. But uh, in the town of Chilai, we've really been seeking to help the town and to become more involved with the town, but the town has been very closed. Well, this past week, because I believe of prayer, guys, because I believe of prayer, this town of Gates, who had their bicentennial celebration, invited us to be at the celebration to set up a booth and to serve the people of Gates. And we served over 80 families there uh, in such a powerful way. We set up a kids' booth, we painted faces, we did balloon animals, and we just served people. And then the very next couple of days, the town of Chilai, who has been very close to us being involved, opened their doors and invited us to the 4th of July celebration. Please just come and serve that day, they say. And we went and set up a booth there. And over the last week, listen, we connected with 200 families because of God's work. Isn't that awesome? It's awesome what He does. And I'm so thankful. So Discovery Church is doing great. We're growing. It's slow and it's, it's consistent, but we know that God it, it can only do great things in our midst. Which kind of brings me to the point of today, because all of this, the reason we do any of this, really, is because we're on mission for Jesus Christ. Amen? As a church, as people, whether you're in Rock Hill or Rochester or anywhere, we're on mission for Him. And so one of the things that we really want to do is we really, really want to build friendships, right? Friendships with people that are seeking and trying to discover who Jesus is. And one of the great things I love about this passage in Colossians is that Paul very clearly gives us some instruction about how we are to build friendships with people, right? How we are to conduct our daily lives in the way that is attractive to those people who are considering faith. And i got to tell you, this passage, every time I read it, uh, it challenges me. So let's read it together. You find in your Bible, Colossians chapter 4, verses 2 uh, through 6, and we'll just read it together real quick, okay? It says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. Pray for us, too, that God will give us many opportunities to speak about His mysterious plan concerning Christ. Paul says, that is why I am here and changed. Then in verse 4, he says, pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should. Live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. That's a powerful little section of scripture and I want to give you just a a real quick understanding of this context so you can understand Uh, this is a letter from Paul written from prison and the great thing about this is that as he's writing this letter to the church at Colossae, the Colossian believers he's writing to them and they are a new church they are a new church and they're having some struggles and one of the great things in this book is Epaphras is there with him, and Epaphras has come to know Jesus, probably when Paul was in Ephesus, and then Epaphras went back, right? He went back to Colossae, which was his hometown, and likely started this church. Isn't that awesome? He started this church. He became a believer and went back to tell his friends. That's awesome, isn't it? And so as a result of that, this church is growing It's growing and they're reaching new people. And so Paul goes through this whole letter to give them some instruction about Jesus, about why he is sufficient and why he is the absolute uh, best way to do life. He's going through this very painstakingly. And at the end of this letter, as we just read, he's like, I have some final instructions for you about how you are to build relationships and to make friends. It's strong. And and the way he says it is he gives a number of pieces of wisdom that, that he has learned and that we are learning in Rochester. And these are hard things to learn. They're hard things to put into practice. But as I read them, I can, I can really see three primary points that Paul is making. And I'd love for you to, if you want to, to write this down. Feel free to underline stuff in your, in your Bible or in your notes as we go through this. But I want to go through a couple of points. Here's the first one, okay? And you can write this down in your program if you want. The first point I think Paul is trying to make from these scriptures is this. To pray for opportunities. To pray for opportunities in all circumstances pray for opportunities in all circumstances He says, devote yourselves to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. What he means is that as believers, we are to have a devotion, right, to prayer, a devotion to prayer and to pray for the opportunities and the friendships that we might can make. Not only to pray for for God's mission to be done in this world, but to pray for other people as God places them on our mind. And then he says to have, right, an alert mind, to be alert to be spiritually alert. How many times do you go to work or go to the game or whatever and and you just kind of turn off everything, you know? Have you ever done that? Where you just kind of do what you have to do? I know some of you have done that. And and you just get through the day. Well, Paul says, no, don't do that. Don't just get through the day. Turn your your spiritual sensor on and, and be alert to the things that are happening around you. The reason why is because God may just do something Right in your midst. He might just do something with some relationship or some situation. You just never know. And so he says, be praying for the many opportunities. Well, what does he mean? He says, pray for the many opportunities to speak. What's he talking about? He's talking about praying for people. People. Because conversations are with people. Amen? And so he's saying, pray for people. That you're going to be talking with. Pray for him regularly, every day. In fact, in such a way, he says, devote yourself to this. And then he says, look, I'm in chains here, but please pray for me that I have opportunities as well. So the circumstances for Paul, they're not good, are they? They're not good. But he's still saying, God, give me opportunities. Give me opportunities. You know, this is hard for me. Because I, you know, you go fast-paced life, man, and I, I do too. And you know what helps me to do this? And we've tried to do this at Discovery Church. You know, we're, we're not perfect. We're trying to figure things out too as we walk in faith with Jesus. One of the things that we do is we take a card or our or our phone, and I tell people, I said, make a list. Yeah, make a list of three people that you are intentionally. Praying for that God would open their spiritual eyes to the gospel of Jesus. Be intentional about it. Pray for them daily. Pray for them as they come to your mind. Pray for them in such a way where you are asking God to intervene by the Holy Spirit to open their eyes to the truth of the gospel and the hope that's in Jesus. And so very simply, I write down the names of my neighbors or people around me. I write down those names. I put them on the back of a business card. Or for me, I put them in my phone. That way I see it in two places, right? (laughs) Business card and the phone. And it reminds me, right, to pray for these people and to pray for the opportunities. And then I I leave one more spot, spot that's blank so that I know to pray for those opportunities and those people I haven't met yet. Because you never know. You never know when you're going to have that conversation and God is going to open the door to you. We've challenged people to do this because it means friendships when you begin to talk to these people and see God do this. So remember to pray for opportunities in all circumstances. But then Paul says something else. This is number two and you can write this down. It's this. Live wisely, he says. Live wisely and make the most of every opportunity live wisely and make the most of every opportunity now the living wisely part in verse 5 is around non-believers or people who are spiritually searching right to live wisely means that as you go right in life as you do your daily activities that you are living for Jesus that you are walking with him that you are growing in him and that that is is causing you right are you with me that, that to have wisdom that you apply to your life and how you live and how you interact with people that are outside of faith and that means that 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 comes into play in all kinds of situations this is the part of the verse i don't really like says for me to live wisely. I'm not always wise. Are you always wise? I'm not. I'm not always wise. And so that means that sometimes when situations are tense or troublesome at work or whatever, that sometimes, you know, I have to really think about the thing that's coming in my mind and I have to think about the situation. And Paul says just in that moment when you're struggling the most, when you're having the most difficult a time with people or a situation, this is when that applies, to live wisely. And the reason why is because the gospel and Jesus' reputation is connected to you because you are a believer. So how you respond, what you say, the words you say at work, the way you say them, and, and the way you live has an impact on other people because we've always said this, maybe you've heard this before. People watch your life. They do. They want to see when situations get really tough for you as a believer how you're going to respond. And, and you know what? I think Scripture teaches this Scripture teaches you don't have to be perfect. Jesus Christ died for your sins. Amen? He died for your sins. You were covered by the grace of Jesus. So you don't have to be perfect. But, but people want to see a real person that struggles and how faith applies in those situations. How does God strengthen you when you face a trial? How does God uh, speak to you when those things happen? So he says to, to live wisely. And then he says, make the most of every opportunity. Make the most of every opportunity. Now, now we try to do this at Discovery Church because we, we know that people, when we invite them to church on Sunday morning, guess what? they may not come. (laughs) They may not come because they are skeptical of the church. They're skeptical of us. They're not sure. But let me tell you what we do. We have other events off site, other things that we do like a campfire which you see on the screen here which we invited a bunch of people from the church to but then they invited a bunch of people that were not a part of our church and not a part of faith and guess what? They came to the campfire. I think it was because of the s'mores we were serving. I'm not sure. But but the point is, is that because of that, guess what? We got to have conversation with them. We got to talk to them. They got to see that we weren't that weird and that we could be normal around them and have a conversation with them. And they got to see how we kind of interact with them. And it dropped some barriers. It dropped some barriers. You know what? And the more we do that and the more we can become friends with them because that's, Kind of the context, if you're friends with someone, it's much easier to share the gospel. Amen? When you're friends with someone, and they know that you love them, and they know that you care about them, and they know that you're for them, whether they reject the gospel or not, you can share spiritual truth, ask questions, talk to them in such a way, because the opportunities are there because of your friendship. You have credibility because of your friendship with them. That's a powerful thing. We try to take advantage of that. We invite people to these kind of events as we go. I have a guy right now who I invited to serve with us this past week, and he's not a believer. Well, guess what? He came out and he served all day with us at this town event. I was blown away. He's never stepped foot in the church. He's never stepped foot anywhere near us. He stays away from us, right? And then he came to this I was blown away. He showed up. I was like, you showed up? He's like, yeah. I'm like, go figure. I feel a little silly as a pastor being shocked that God would work. And so we spent the day together serving as a church, but he wasn't yet a part of the faith. So my mind started, you know, really thinking when paul says this live wisely make the most of every opportunity he's talking about you know being aggressive a little bit like you know understanding that the relationship and the friendship is important he's talking about kind of being aware of things And, and one of the things that that i started thinking in my mind and that i try to teach people at discovery is is very simply this don't just think about the one event Think about the next event or the next thing that you want to invite him to. So I'm thinking in my head about this relationship and about this guy who's come for the first time. And I'm thinking, man, this is the coolest thing to happen. This guy is here and we're talking. How can I continue to talk to him and build a friendship? Good question, huh? So I could have let the day end and that be it. But as we were leaving, I mean, we were there a long time, man. I was like a zombie. Ten hours or whatever, I was like, "Uh, let me get out of here. Where's my car? What car am I driving? Do I own a car? I was like, where am I? I was so tired. Have you ever been that tired? That's how tired I was. I was trying to get to my car, and he was walking with me, his family, and my kids, and I said, Hey, man, let's get dinner together, and let's go to a baseball game. And I waited. You know how you wait the anticipation? What are they going to say? Is he going to be like, no thanks? He said, that would be great. I would love to go to the game with you. I'm like, we have a God that does those kinds of things. You may think those are simple coincidental things, but let me tell you, Paul says they're not. Paul says that the reason those kinds of things happen is because you are led by the Holy Spirit to make the most of every opportunity. Amen? There's no opportunity that God cannot seize and use you to be His vessel for the gospel of Jesus. You will never know the opportunity exists unless you do more You do more than you thought you should do. That's what we say. I say, Heather, we should do more in our relationships. We should say more. We should take a step further. We should pray a bit more. We should take one step further than what we thought. And I did that that night. And there are a lot of times I don't do it. I asked him to to go to a game. and, And guess what? He said yes. You know why? Because I believe God wants people to come into his kingdom, he wants that to happen. So Paul says, do that, live wisely, make the most of every opportunity. So he says, pray for all, pray for the opportunities in all circumstances. And then he says to live wisely and make the most of every opportunity with unbelievers. And finally, this is number three. You can write this down on your, on your program or in your notes. It's verse six. He says, let your conversations, let your conversations be gracious and attractive. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive. Verse 6 literally says, let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. I love this. This is what we're talking about. This is about when you have the friendship and you have the relationship. I hope that as you go every day, and and maybe this isn't you because there's certainly days where I don't feel this way, but I hope that as you go and as you work and as you go to the game and as you go work out, that you are speaking And spending time with people that you come in contact with in such a way that they are able to see by your words, by your speaking, that you are a follower of Jesus. That there is a joy in you. A hope in you. A forgiveness that you've received. A love that you know because of Him. And that this conversation and talking that Paul is saying is attractive to people because of What Jesus has done in your life. You know what people want to know more than anything else? They don't want you to try to convince them. They just want you to be able to say God's story of His work in your life. Amen? They just want to hear that faith is real. And that it's real for you. And that it's being played out in your life. Day after day after day. Whether things are good or whether things are bad. Whether you're on a high or whether you're on a low. He he wants God wants to use you that way. And if your conversation is gracious and attractive, then it's thinking about Jesus when you're having the conversations that you're then you're hopefully with people who are considering spiritually what's going on and whether they should follow Jesus, your conversations with them should be leading them to Jesus. They should be more interested, right? They should be more connected to considering questions of faith. They should be more in a mindset to watch your life and see how you respond and see how faith is lived out in your life. That's what Paul's saying. He's saying, use the conversations. They should be gracious and attractive because Jesus is evidenced in your life. That means how you talk about God is really important. That means that you should ask this question. It's a tough question. I had trouble writing it down in this sermon. (laughs) Are your words at work and in everyday life? Is the way you talk about your faith and your words, are they attractive to people who are considering Christ? Do they draw people to Jesus? Or do they draw them away from Jesus? It's a tough question a tough question. At Discovery, I tell people, always remember, no matter where you're at, no matter what situation you're in, God's always called you to his mission. Every single moment there's an opportunity in daily life. Hey, listen, I love Chick-fil-A. Anybody love Chick-fil-A? Come on now. That's all you got for me? Who loves Chick-fil-A? Nice, nice. This is, this is a funny story, but it's relevant to today. I, I, I'm up north, you know. Chick-fil-A is not near Rochester. That's very sad. It's very sad for me. And, and you would think, why could a grown man or any grown-up be this obsessed and excited about going on a trip and, and going to Chick-fil-A? There's something wrong with that, right? Right? I'm just asking. Maybe you can tell me. Um... Anyway, when I go on a trip, I'm like, oh, you know, I'm back in the south. Find me a Chick-fil-A. It's fast food, people. I mean, what is wrong with me? But this is how I roll, okay? So I'm like, man, i got to get Chick-fil-A. Even here today, Jamie picked us up. I'm like, I'm trying to fit in a Chick-fil-A. He goes, you know they're closed on Sunday. I go, no, because I couldn't remember because I'm out of that circle but anyway, i start going. I would take these trips because when you're church planning, you take trips like this. Like you come speak here, you talk to partners, you come to mission conferences, right? Are you with me? So we go down to different places and I go to Chick-fil-A. I come back to my family and my kids are at home and I'm like, honey, guess what? I ate at Chick-fil-A. I don't know. That doesn't really do anything in my family, but they're like, yeah, whatever. We need you to mow the grass or whatever. Uh... So I'm like, you know, it's really good. So my kids, for for a couple years, they've been hearing me talk about it, right? They've been hearing me talk about it. Oh, man, I had chicken and biscuit. Man, it was great. I had this. I had this. Different little trips off and on, right? I come home and hear Then they start talking about it. I'm like, this is weird. This is weird. I mean, at the time, they would be like, oh, yeah, we're excited about Chick-fil-A. I'm like, really? You don't understand Chick-fil-A they're talking to me about it. And as things go on, they talk more and more about Chick-fil-A, how good it is, how great it is. I'd be in a conversation with somebody and somebody would be like, yeah, Chick-fil-A is great. And my daughter would go, yes, Chick-fil-A is awesome. It's the best restaurant. There's only one problem. They've never been. How does that work? My son would be like, oh. It's the best. Abby's like, yes, it's it's so great, Chick-fil-A. So great. And I would even say, you've never eaten it. You've never been to the restaurant. You've never tasted it. You've never even seen one. Maybe the logo at best. But listen, do you know why they love Chick-fil-A? Do you know why they were so into it? you know why they had so much excitement about it? It's because... I talked to them about it. I told them how great it was. I told them how good it was. And listen, in in a kind of funny way, people will learn about Jesus from us and decide to follow Him because of the way we talk about Him. Because of the way we speak about Him. Because of the hope we have in Him. Because of the forgiveness we have received from Him. Because of the love that we know from Him. And if my kids can get crazy excited about a fast food restaurant, then I've got to believe that our God in heaven can use you and me to talk about Jesus, to take Every opportunity to pray for others and talk about the joy and the love that we know in Jesus. And let me tell you something. I believe that people want to know it. And they crave it. And if one person does it, then another does. And so don't lose hope in the sharing of the gospel of Jesus. You are on mission for Him. You are His vessel of the gospel. The Holy Spirit gives you opportunities every day. And if He isn't, then you can begin to pray for them. I believe in Rock Hill and Rochester that God can do great things. If we just honor these simple instructions, understand that friendship with people is everything. You don't have friends that are non-believers. You don't have friends that are spiritually seeking. Pray and ask God to give you the opportunities with friends that are non-believers, with people that you can have an impact in their life. You know what? God will do something great. He'll do something great. Just ask Him and believe Him and be obedient to His Word. Let's pray together.